Welcome to Reckless Moves. We play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition with some friends, family, and fools. Our party consists of Bryn, an elven ranger, Crispin, a fire genasi barbarian, Marquail, a dragonborn sorcerer, Serial, a wild hunt cleric, Talfeth, a dwarf paladin, Twig, a halfling rogue, and I'm your dungeon master, Michael Cremeen. We do play with some house rules, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Question. Why does everyone love hit points? Because they're the life of the party. I know, I know. Reckless Moves. My name is Michael Cremeen. I am the dungeon master for this uh, particular group of uh, fools. Uh, they wrote down some questions for me to kind of guide me through this session zero. We're going to talk about some house rules and a little bit about, uh, I guess, okay, here we go. Okay, introduce yourself. Well, I have been doing technology and music my whole life since I was about, I guess this is about 13. And uh, that's about the same time uh, when I was 13, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, my friends, Darren and Julian, introduced me to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which was a very different game than we played today in the 5th edition. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I remember many long sessions. I think our record was 72 straight hours, which I uh, actually do not recommend. But it was... Uh, Mountain Dew, Doritos, pizza, a lot of stuff. Then when Jolt Cola came out in 85, we used that. Um, uh, Jolt was our go-to drink. But I learned to appreciate... Uh, I love the role-playing aspect, and I love the creative part of Dungeons & Dragons, both as a, as a dungeon master and as a player. So I've played, I think, every class that has ever come out at one point or another. Uh, well, there's new classes coming all the time. I'm not playing as much right now since I'm focusing on uh, DM for Reckless Moves. All right, next question. Uh, talk about our gameplay. All right, so we are actually playing modules. Now, when we play modules, there's actually some homebrew elements to those modules. Uh, a module to me, as a dungeon master, is a guide. It's something to create a narrative, to create goals, to create some kind of a storyline the characters can interact with. And I love these players. So to me, my job as dungeon master, to enable fun. To enable everyone to have a good time. If everyone has a good time, then I have a good time. That's kind of how I view my role. Not necessarily as the, you know rules nazi matter of fact i joke if you're rules nazi don't listen to our podcast and uh the homebrew elements to me enhance and create a uh storylines between the modules 
Um, these modules are actually um, the ones we're using are uh, it's Tales of the Yawning Portal that we're going through this season. And that is really um, personal to me because I went through each of these modules that were going. There's seven of them in this series um, when they came out. So this is awesome for me to see how the characters are going through and um, how they've been updated for 5e, which is really cool. But also how they're going through something I've gone through before myself. So I'm kind of excited to see what they discover and how they solve problems. Um, it's bringing back a lot of awesome memories of gameplay in the past. All right, talk about the house rules. Well, first of all, why have house rules? Well, the reason I like having individual house rules we all discuss and we all agree upon, these are house rules that come from... 4th edition from the 3.5, uh, previous editions that, to me, um, enable gameplay to move faster and also reward for good play. For example, uh, here's some of our house rules. One from, I think it's from 4E, 4th um, edition, we do a, a different critical hits. Uh, so if you think about critical hits... You roll a 20, and then maybe you roll a 1 and a 3. That's kind of lame. So what we do is the first dice of your crit is maxed. Uh, the second one's rolled plus your modifier. So for example, if your modifier is a plus 3, and you have a, a D10 for your dice, you'd get a 10, you'd roll the second, maybe roll a 7, so that's 17 plus 3, that's 20. That's a 20 damage critical hit versus if you rolled a, like 1 and a 3 plus 3, that'd be a 7. Big difference between... 7 and 20. So we do first dice max, second one roll, plus a modifier for crits. For healing potions, we have a house rule. They're always maxed. Now, why do we do this? Well, to me, if you're spending gold on a healing potion and you're using an action, or if you, we'll talk about later, use it as a bonus action, uh, it's really lame again, just like the critical hit. If you take a healing potion and you roll you know, one, one, two, and you end up with a healing of four. That's super lame. You've spent 50 gold to get four healing. That's now, since we max it out, a healing potion would do 2d4 plus two. So it'd be a 10 heal. That's a big difference. And if you're in combat and whether you do it as an action or later on, we'll explain how you can do it as a bonus action. That actually rewards the expenditure in gold and to hold on to those healing potions as you go. All right. Next rule we'll talk about is flanking. Now, flanking is from the 4th edition, and in the Dungeon Master's Guide, in the 5th edition as an optional thing, uh, we actually do flanking. I like it to reward characters for a good strategy. However, uh, it's only for when your character and someone else are directly across from each other and the monster uh, is in between. So generally, if you draw a straight line from you through the enemy to another person, that would be considered flanking so you get advantage on the roll. Uh, we do actually take advantage of inspiration, um, but we modify that slightly is that it can be used after you roll. Um, in the normal course of 5e, it needs to be used um, and called before you roll. That doesn't make sense to me, so we decided we're going to do that um, option to have it used after the roll. Um, there's one other 
thing that we change a little bit in that um, if a character does go down to unconsciousness, the death rolls are done by me, the dungeon master. That is to create some kind of um, uh, mystery in what's happening because if someone actually went down in combat, you wouldn't really know how damaged they are until you went to try to check them out and heal them. So it really encourages players to take care of one another because you never know how close they are to true death. Last, we have something which is pretty exciting for us um, that it's something called action points. Now, uh, there was a concept called hero points um, before, and in, I think it was 3.5 or 4th edition, um, basically you get an action point every two encounters. Now, those could be used before, sometimes they were called hero points, to modify rules, increase damage, and other benefits. Now, in 5th edition, that's called hero points in the DM guide, but we're replacing that variant with a modified version um, that was actually published by Benjamin Eastman and Matt Dunn um, called A Call to Action, and which is available on dmsguild.com. It's super inexpensive and awesome. It's an awesome version of the old action point system, but modified um, for 5e. So what it does is every two encounters, you get an action point. You can't stockpile them or anything, but it prevents the constant quest for short rest, long rest. I'm out of points. I'm out of this. Um, so what you can do with action points, there's a, a bunch of things that are class specific, but generally you can do things like um, push luck where you can uh, add uh, dice to a roll you can re-roll your initiative by using an action point. You can increase your armor class. You can boost damage. You can cheat death. If you're going to go down, you have one hit point left so you don't go unconscious. You can take an additional action. Mostly important for um, pushing gameplay forward, you can recover health. So you can use an action point to use one of your uh, short rest hit dice to get, regain some health. And uh, sudden proficiency. There's a lot of details to this one, but the uh, PDF called the Call to Action is um, something that we started incorporating in our gameplay. And I love it because it basically prevents the quest or the temptation to take short rests and long rests inside a dungeon, um, which should be very dangerous if you're inside a dungeon and there's lots of enemies known and unknown the bottom line is it should be extremely rare to take shorter long rests i guess short's not as rare but a long rest in a dungeon that should be very dangerous because you never know who's going to stumble across you or hear you in that environment uh, where's the story going that's an easy answer i have no idea the characters drive the story. Their decisions and their actions are what this whole thing is about. Each of the characters has their own backstory and unique traits and how they interact with one another and how they come together as a party to solve problems. It's really exciting. I never know what's going to happen next. While I do have the Dungeon Master viewpoint, it is up to the characters to drive the storyline forward and to make the decisions to solve the problems and mostly these guys come up with stuff i never would have thought of it's so fun 
I'm grateful to be part of this group and these wonderful players that I get to interact with. Um, feel really blessed to be part of that. And last, I'd like to just briefly mention our theme song. It's a track called Killer, which is the Reckless Moves theme. I want to express some gratitude to T.G. Lafredo, who did the recording, mixing, and mastering of that track. And I wrote, yours truly, wrote the music and performed all the parts, the guitar, bass, drums, and percussion. But it was the magic hands of T.G. Lafredo that made it sound so good. And that's it for today. I am, again, very grateful to be part of this group. My name is Michael Cremeen. I am the Dungeon Master for Reckless Moves. And I end each session with... Talk to you soon.